everybody we're live this is the savage gentleman inaugural podcast by ready man so we're switching over we're switching it up from the regular monday live feed where this is a live podcast we've renamed it the savage gentleman because tonight we're going to go over topics that are a little bit more edgy a little bit more broad than what we normally would do with uh with ready man so bottom line is we're gonna have a lot more fun with it and also it's a lot bigger audience here so we can create a little bit more thought-provoking stuff so for tonight we've got some great guests that we've lined up with us here we've got bert from peacemaker trading bert tell us a little bit about yourself background is uh did a bunch of jobs i actually <laughs> little this little <laughs> that, that little stutter. there was no, some no, what my, have you's no, in there no my background's it, it's pretty simple I, I i was not a good student so I'll, I'll make this short but sweet so i ended up i left high school early got a ged didn't graduate did a bunch of jobs bouncing around doing this and that and uh my dad had joined the army my uh or the navy my grandfather was in the army his his father was in the army so logical choice for me was uh, join the Army. So I joined the Army, got out. Army Airborne Unit went into Special Forces uh, as, a, as an 18 Delta or Special Forces medic for a little while, got out, did a, some a other dirty job. Dirty medic. Dirty medic, 30 18 Delta. Um, and got out, same thing. You know, tried to, you know, find my way as far as work went and, and did, did a couple jobs and ended up uh, at Peacemaker. We'll talk a lot more about that here in a, here in a sure. few minutes. Nice. And then, of course, we've got Josh, the Ready Man Crash Test Dummy. We'll call him the Savage Gentleman Crash Test Dummy from now on. That'll work. Hey, I've been called a lot worse, so I'll take that. And he wears that badge proudly. Proudly. Indeed. And then we've got the grandfather of Black Rifle Coffee, Ed Hafer, who is the father of Evan Hafer, the CEO and genius behind Black Rifle Coffee. Ed, why are you on the show tonight? Because uh, you guys asked me. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but, but one thing I want to clear up first is Josh is not just a pretty face. He's actually useful for other things, like picking so, up stuff, like heavy yeah. picking up heavy, heavy things, things. Yeah. picking up heavy stuff. Packing, Ed, packing Ed is always sweet talking me, and I and I can't turn him down because he he always approaches me with. You know, Josh, you good-looking son of a gun. I tell you what, you get better looking every day. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot, Ed. I've got a project that, that is just for you. It has your name on it. Oh, what is it? I need you to lift this really heavy thing and carry it over here for me. I'm like, And then after that, got here's it. a broom and a dustpan. Yeah, for got it. me again every time. But, Do you know, you know how to drive a stick shift? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, so it's, what, all, it's all about psychology. Yeah. Go ahead. You're just going to ask me something. Well, no, I was just going to say, I was going to ask what your background is in terms of, you know, you're arguably one of the hardest working guys in the building. Because tonight we're talking about the American work ethic. And so, you know, Ed here is 71, Mm -hmm. 71 years old. So you've essentially seen the gambit of the historical press of the work ethic here in the U.S. of A. and, and other places. But we're talking about the U.S. of A. So where'd you start? Where'd you learn your work ethic? I mean, well, probably from my dad. He was uh, not much for play. Uh, you got up in the morning when it was daylight, you had breakfast and went to work and you come in at night when it was dark. And that, that included no matter how old you were. Uh, we had some- how old, how old were you when you started, when you had your first full-time job? 12. Your first full-time nice. job at 12. 12. 12. The, wow. and, the, what, and what was that job? There was a company called Clearwater Timber Protective Association, and they piled brush in the summertime, and they'd round us, round us kids up, and we would go out. We couldn't run any mechanical tools. Uh, Idaho at that time had a, had a work form that you had to fill out that you could actually work at 12, but you couldn't run any power saws or any any axes or anything so the people that that actually were skilled in these traits would cut the brush up from where the loggers had been and we'd pack it over and 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 pilot uh i started driving when i was 11 wow Uh, so so you guys that are just tuning in we've got some of our regulars here we've got uh sharon that's probably cole that's uh, using his mom's oh, uh, yeah. account there. Hey, good on you. We've got Scott. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Sean uh, Knudsen that's uh, tuning in. Hey, you guys. So if you're just coming in, tonight we're, t- we're launching the inaugural 
Savage Gentleman Podcast. We've got Bert Kuntz here from Peacemaker Trading, former Army guy here that then became an entrepreneur and actually worked as a ranch hand. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we've got the grandfather of Black Rifle Coffee Company, Evan Hafer's dad, that uh, we're talking to tonight. And we're just actually just discussing the differences in the time that uh, when he was 12 years old, he had his first full-time job, which I've, I, I'm shuddering to think of my sons at, at 12 at twelve doing a full-time job, but maybe that's just because we're spoiled. Well, it was summertime age. only. To okay. When school was out, then... What, what grade are you in in 12? When you're 12, 12 years old? old uh, that's like 6th or 7th grade. Seven, I graduated when I was 17. 7th seventh, seventh so, grade, 8th grade. So 7th grade, 8th grade. Yeah. Oh, like so that. that's I mean, actually not school. so bad. Not too bad. And then you guys, just like <clears throat> always, I mean, send in your questions. This is your chance. You can talk to Bert. You can talk to Ed. And then for you brave ones, uh, right here, we've got the uh, phone call. So you can call in. You can talk <clears throat> to us if you guys aren't going to be chickens like you typically are. So you can call in, of course, and ask the questions. And Christopher Powell checking in from Clearfield, Utah. That's where I went to high school. Huh. Don't hold it against me. So anyways. And, well, and I just want to say to to those of you tuning in live and watching this show, because we're, we're doing it live on Facebook, but it's also going to be a podcast, but would love to hear your first jobs. We're going to be talking about the first jobs, yeah, um, the first idea. work experience we've had. So you want to type in the comments, the first job that you had, whether it was a kid or a first full-time, so, whatever you want. So if we go around the table here, Ed, you're 71. Yes. I'm 46. How come you keep bringing that up, Jeff? Well, <laughs> you don't look a day over 69. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not a day over 69. I'm, a, I'm an archaeologist, and oh. I like to dig in the past. Okay. I'm 47. Bert, you're 41. 41. Are you that old? Yeah, I didn't you hide it well. That old. You hide it well. You look younger than that. Yeah. 40, 41. That's because you always wear a hat. That's because he shaved today. Yeah, if I took my hat off, you'd see my. There, there, that, that, uh, that's actually, right. it's it's not. You're not even close to me, bro. <laughs> and then you're what, like 18? Yeah. Right, rough, roughly. Plus, so, so we've got a good a cross section here of like, you know, for me when I was asking about like full time jobs at twelve, how old are you? Or what grade are you in at twelve? Seventh, seventh grade. Seventh, eighth seventh grade. grade. So, yeah. so like actually, I had a full time job. So that wasn't that long ago. Well, maybe it was, well, but I had a full time job on a farm where I was bucking hay. Yep. Yeah. And so that and, was, and I was. I, I want to say I was. Geez, uh, you know, I was probably seventh grade, six, mm -hmm. sixth, seventh grade, because well, it had to have been sixth grade. So I was sixth grade, throwing big hay bales. Well, I wouldn't say I was throwing them; I was lugging them, and, you know. But um, well, we had that that same opportunity, you know, the the kids that I grew up with. But I had hay fever so bad I couldn't hay, uh, and we had cows at home and bad genes, chickens, and that and is bad genes, and and so I got enough sneezing and eye watering at home milking the cows is horrible and then if you were the guy that was have you ever bucked hay i have so if you're the in guy the that's up in oh. the have you ever bucked oh it's hay? all yeah that's that was my first job actually so if you're like the new guy you end up in the hay loft and it is and, and you're breathing nothing but dust and chafe like, yeah. and chafes and uh, it's, uh, it's uh real temp, bad temp welcome to hard work yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. where i started so i had worked with my dad in the family business building roads Geez, he was taking me with him probably maybe around like five or six. I would occasionally go out with him and help him with some menial tasks. Um, and then as I got older, it got to be more and more and more. And I think the first time I got on a piece of equipment was probably, I don't know, maybe around 13 or 14, just kind of messing around. Um, and I started working on a farm doing actually straw, not hay, but same idea. And then once I started driving, I was working full-time summers with them operating heavy equipment. Yeah. And... Yeah, that way that was way better than hay. Let me tell you. So we we so we've got uh, Doug Van Horn <clears throat> was a golf caddy at thirteen. Oh, cool. uh, so working for tips, that's cool. Scott Mize graduated from high school when he was sixteen. Hey, welcome to the life of the hardcore. Um, he had a paper route. Scott had a paper route at ten. So did Pete. So it's it pretty looks cool. Like. And I actually I forgot. Well, that paper route wasn't really a full time job, no. but um, I did have a paper route. I want to say it was in the third grade. Bert. What was your first full-time job? Sorry, I just caught Jeff. I just caught Matt Brown up there working in the cotton fields in Arizona. Oh my gosh, that might, that might take the heat. That might take that? the cake. Matt, Matt Brown, Brown. 14. Matt 14. Brown, where is that? <clears throat> working in the cotton field. Whoa, Matt, you've got to call in. I want to hear more about that because um, 
Cheers to you, sir. That, I, will, that, I will drink to that. That, that is that's no legit. No at uh, at fourteen years old, that's yeah, that's is. that's legit. It is working. Yeah. yeah. So, Bert, what was your first job? So I got a job. My first part-time job, real job, was I, I got a job tuning skis at a ski shop, and then I didn't do very good at again. I wasn't a, a good student in school. I couldn't sit still for for eight hours in a day. It just wasn't. I didn't do good at school. Um, so my dad, we moved down to Fort Worth, Texas, and my dad hooked me up with a job at, at a uh, meatpacking plant. So I ended up working at a meatpacking plant, and I worked... Like Rocky. Not that kind of meatpacking <laughs> plant. It was a meatpacking plant. The meat already came in somewhat processed, and it was raw, but it came in, and it was a meatpacking plant that made all the meat for Taco Bell. <laughs> And, oh, nice. and Ryan's cafeterias. So, you're, you're, so how is that meat, by the way? Because there's it's actually really good. It's, okay, it's, it's, let's it's clear USA the air because I've always no, it's wondered. good. It's good. It's good. Was it the, was it the pink slime? No, there was no pink slime. We could have teamed up because I scraped hides when I was about sixteen. There you, you go. Made have been the same meat. You guys oh, may have handled. Gosh, you maybe. guys yeah. could have I've shared heard meat. Stories about scraping hides. So, so we're we're, we're going to come back to that. So keep going. Bert. So this was interesting. Part of it's in Fort Worth, Texas, and I worked a late shift. So I worked after school into the middle of the night. And, How old were you? Uh, 17 at the time. Oh. Uh, 16, 17. Not, not quite illegal by today's standards, no, but pushing the edge. But pushing the edge. And then I worked part-time there and uh, then worked full-time in the summer. But the kicker was it was at a meatpacking plant in Fort Worth, Texas, so it was all Texicans, as I say. Oh, it, you know. Hang on, sorry. We, I just noticed we have a call. Oh, we, we have, have a call. Calling in. Somebody's calling in. This is, is this Matt Brown? I don't know. I hope so. Hey, you're on the Savage Gentleman podcast. Oh, wow. We got a really bad connection here. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you great. Great. All right, I'm going to try calling you back. Oh, no, we hear you fine. Okay. Just kidding. Call us back. And all right. Scene. <laughs> I know that voice. Who was that? Was that? I don't know. I know that voice. Uh, I can't. Uh, no, no, here we go. Oh, here he goes. Take two. Take two. Hey, you're on the Savage Gentleman live podcast. Can you hear me now? Hello? Yeah, we've got you. Go ahead. Any, oh, so anyway, you're working in a meatpacking plant. Yeah, meatpacking plant in Fort Worth, Texas. And, and hey, I, Zach is the guy behind the camera. So, oh, there it is again. This is a if fun it game. fails, it's Zach's fault. Hey, you're on the Savage Gentleman podcast. Hello. Yes, we got you. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Test, test, test. And oh, Zach owes his hamburger. Wow, so anyways, uh, Bert, go Zach. ahead. I, so, I missed the last hamburger, so I'm glad. I'm glad I know, yeah, but, right. but they are the most delicious hamburgers, mostly because you don't have to pay for them, Zach does. But go yeah, ahead. so there was only about four people in the whole place that spoke really good English, and they couldn't pronounce my name, so they thought my name was Bird, like B-I-R-D. Oh, so nice. they, oh, okay. my nickname at the, and I was not, I was small, so my nickname was Pajarito, which is Spanish oh. for little bird. Because they thought my up. name was uh, Bird, but it was it was uh, again these are all Texans. They're all, all legal workers working in, in Fort Worth at this meatpacking plant. But I'll tell you what, that was the start for me of really watching people work yeah. extremely hard and having extreme pride in the work they do. And that huh. you know that was that was kind of my first foray into a real hardworking, hands-on job. So Ed scraping hides. Well, I, how old were you? Well, I was in college. I, I, it was my first year in college, so I'm 18 years old. So I, I didn't have the luxury of, of saving enough money or having a, a enough money to go to college. So I, I had to work during college. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to went to school from eight till three, and I worked from three to eleven at a, at a recap shop. I work from 11. What's a recap? A recap, recap where, shop. Where they recap tires. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Sometimes it'd be 160 in there where we was capping tires because of the heat coming from the recapping machines were all hot caps at that time. So, so essentially at 160, you're beginning to cook. Yeah. It's like a slow yeah. roast with a barbecue yeah. smoker. Yeah. Well, uh, so that explains a lot, Ed. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> well, I, we, just, I, we just solved one of the one of the puzzles of. <laughs> well, the 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 recap shop was a union shop. Well, when another company bought it out, they threw all the time cards on the wall and, and fired everybody. 
because they fired all the union people. Does that say and, role? And 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 now they have 500 plus stores. But so I needed a job, and uh, a company in Lewiston, Idaho, had a place to scrape hides. And what they did is they after after they went through the the butchering process, then they threw the hides in a pile, and you'd take the hides and drag them over to the scrape shop, and you scrape all the the stuff off them, and then they'd send them to, I could say what we scraped off them, but probably wouldn't be. And they, and they stacked them up so, to dry. So to put this into perspective, so I've got a story here. For, this is a war story from, from uh, Afghanistan. So I, to put this into perspective, so we, were, we went down, it was, we were in Kandahar, and um, um, we went down, it was somewhere in Kandahar, I don't know where. And Kandahar city proper was like this maze of, did you ever go to Kandahar? No, I was, never went to Afghanistan. Really? Oh, well. all, all Iraq. You you missed out. So, anyways, so like Kandahar was like this was like this rat maze of alleys and stuff like that. It was complete sketchville. Anyways, so we're we're going in and we locate this target, but we it, as it turns out we're on the backside of the target, and the target where the bad guys were was actually a, a hide cleaning place. It was a leather. Um, place so and and leather when you go talk about Afghanistan and stuff is goats and so there's no EPA there's no Better Business Bureau there's there's none of this right it smelled amazing so we're on the back side right so we're on the back side of the building and the front side of the building is where you'd go in to get the hides so on the back side, oh. we begin walking in because at this point, we don't know if we're on the back side or the front side because it's the middle of the night. It's like 2 a.m. in the morning, and we start walking through this open field. And so at the point that our feet started going Squish. through the upper crust, because what this place was doing was they were not only preparing the hides, but they were slaughtering the goats as well. And they would take all the entrails and everything and throw it over the back wall that we were now walking through oh, and all lovely. of the bones and all of that stuff. So up to our knees in like the most putrid, disgusting, oh. like gangrenous, green, <laughs> nasty, like I'm in the depths of hell type stuff. It was like, That's it didn't take us very long. It was like the front of the building. We need to, <laughs> because it stinks so bad. And oh, it was like, man. and now all of a sudden you, then there was like four of us trying to locate cause it was the reconnaissance team. So we're, there's like four of us trying to find it. So of course we back off and are, and we're like covered from the knees down and like, I can't even say it was blood and guts because it was rotting nastiness. Pus, probably. Pus, cesspool. And so then we get in the van to get out of there. And, and like, the whole van, it was like, open the windows, open the windows. And, like, guys are throwing up. Yeah, so work ethic. Yeah. Um, Well, and I want to kind of tie in these two stories. So we had... We had skinning hides and processing meat. We had packing meat. And then when I was in college, I was actually slinging meat um, down by the beach at a, at a hot dog stand. Like, no joke, I was slinging sausage at one of those pop-up vendors while I was in college. Picking so, up on chicks. Full circle, full meat. circle. America, there yeah. you go, well, meat. Yeah. Well, this, this, really, this, really has, this really has good innuendos because when I was growing up, there was like five or six slaughterhouses on the Clearwater River, so where's the Clearwater River at? It's just down in Lewiston. It runs. Okay. It runs. The Snake and the Clearwater run it's together Idaho, right? and form the Columbia. Gotcha. Okay. And and these slaughterhouses from uh, uh, several of the the large meat packers at that time, they had the slaughterhouse on the river, so all the entrails and everything that was slaughtered from the cows and calves and pigs and just throw it in the river. Throw it in river. Yeah, why not? But Ooh. but sturgeon population was phenomenal. Um, yeah. We had because there's uh, lots of food. There's the stur- lots of food. I mean, the river smells like a sewer. Yeah. But but no, the sturgeons kept it cleaned up. But we had a we had a tremendous sturgeon population because of this. Now uh, the sturgeons are recreated at the Dalles Dam, and 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 you know there's some old timers left because they live. Hundreds of years and they old. Get the sturgeon, sturgeon does. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. they're they're, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, they, oh, they, no they pulled a, they pulled a couple out recently that were well into, you know, hundred years. And oh, they'll yeah. be the size of yeah. this table, like tail to 
tail to snout. I mean, this. Really? Yeah, they get I huge. I went sturgeon fishing one time when I was in when I was living in um, Washington, and I didn't catch anything. The biggest one I've caught was over three hundred pounds. Really? I got to, uh, huge. Hey, I'm gonna interrupt for a second. Go ahead. Luke Robinson on the screen <clears throat> there uh, has got uh, got some good ones on his first job. Hit the very bottom. Ten oh, hours a week. Oh. First job I worked above board was mucking stalls at a horse breeding facility 10 hours a week year round and sometimes going up to 15 in the winter. I was 13. Before that, I worked under the table for a neighbor exterminating prairie dogs and backfilling burrows to pr protect cattle legs. I was. This is the best line of the wow. whole thing. Yeah. I was nine years old with a Henry 22 and a shovel. Like so, I, so, wow. that, that, so that might and as then, well be on a t-shirt that says yeah, America, it be. America so, on it. I was yeah, nine so years lot, old with a Henry and a shovel. In, in <laughs> a lot of guys, in a lot of you guys, you don't know. Actually, I would argue, like, none of you guys know. Bert left the Army and became a cowboy or a rancher. Well, not a cowboy. I, I'm not there yet. I will be someday. That's a whole nother, whole nother. But let's, let's tell just, us the let's story. Just, so th this tell is, us the story. Plus the death. Left the army, did a couple jobs and, and, you know, making that transition from going from, and my time in the army was pretty short. It was, you know, around 10 years as compared to somebody like yourself, Jeff, that was two and a half you know, times that. But, uh, left the army. I was coasting on the beach, so. Have had a, had a couple jobs and, the two things I always wanted to do as a kid was special forces or special forces, Navy SEAL, or I wanted to be a cowboy. You know, I fulfilled that dream of, of becoming a, an army guy and got into special forces. Great time. Got out of the army and bounced around to a few jobs here and there. And, you know, it was, it was finding your way after the army, as you know, is it's not, it's not the easiest transition no, to make no, trying to go from difficult moving 100 miles an hour and being around all the same type of people training all day long every day to being a civilian so fort worth texas my wife worked at tcu for 10 years and and fort worth is is cowtown usa figured hey if i'm here i might as well give it a shot and try and find a ranch to work on well a buddy of mine who's the deputy sheriff in, of tarrant county michael mcdaniels called him and said hey he, he works in livestock reinforcement so he actually still Still in Fort Worth, Enforcing Texas. Enforcing brands and he goes out and enforces. Does he hang rustlers? No, but they take it. They, Texas still takes that stuff extremely really seriously. They still, like they still is, have that, huh? It is no joke. And I think if you look at the laws, you could actually still hang somebody for cattle for cattle theft, theft wow. or wrestling if you wanted to. But uh, Mike hooked me up with a guy named. He said gave, he called me back in about an hour later, and he said, "Here's a guy's name, and his name I, I can't make it up. His name is Buster Frierson." Buster's actually coming out here. All right. Who, who I've been bothering Bert to meet ever he, since I met Bert. But. He actually, and he'll be out here Thursday. So if oh. you guys do another show, we can get Buster on here. He'd Please. be a phenomenal guest. He'd be phenomenal. Um, but Buster, show up at the guy's ranch, and you know I bring a resume, and, I'm, and Buster just looks. He's like, oh, all fancy, you know, resume. <laughs> and again, I came out of special forces, and I had a job where I was making great money just decided to do something different. I'm standing there on the front porch of this ranch in, in 100 degree weather, and this guy, Buster, looks like a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, and he's, you know, went to shake my hand, and his hand is four times the size of my size of a dinner plate. And uh, after talking to Buster for about an hour, he said, yeah, I'll give you a job, and it's, you know, you'll, you'll be starting at 10 bucks an hour. And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, man, I haven't made 10 bucks an hour since I was 16 years old. Yeah. Tuning skis at a ski shop in Kansas City. Which is ironic in itself, tuning skis at a ski shop that in is, Kansas yeah, City. But, uh, no, that works. So, <laughs> long story short, story, I go to yeah. work, I show up out there to go to work, and I, I showed up in, you know, Roper's, like Justin Roper boots that have a rubber sole on them and, and a pair of old Le Levi's. And I, 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 no kidding, thought I was going to be riding horses. And I, you know, Buster's a ranch rodeo guy on the weekend, he's a champion ranch rodeo guy. And I'd learned a little bit about him. I'm like, man, I'm going to be riding horses, and and I'm going to be doing cowboy stuff. I'm like, this is this is it, man. I'm Slinging in. Lassos, yeah, doing chasing roping, cattle, chasing yeah. herding cows, going into know, saloons, doing, doing everything. Man from Spurs, exactly it. My first six months on that ranch were fixing fences in a hundred degree Texas weather. Like it was, it is in Buster. These guys. Who I've gotten, you know, to know really well. Buster's actually one of the owners of Peacemaker Trading Company as well. But you go, you go do a job like that, and it's these guys get up at five o'clock in the morning, and they don't finish until eight or nine o'clock at night, and they do it seven Every days day. a week, 
365 days a year. So flashback, here's a story for Jeff. So I'm in Nebraska. Like my dad was in the Air Force and we moved around and we had a big family. And um, so we we bought this house in Nebraska and we were, we were trying to get the house ready to sell. So I think I was 14 years old at the time and it was Nebraska in the summertime. So any of you guys that have been in Nebraska in the summertime, it is unbelievably hot. It is unbelievably hot in the summer and unbelievably cold in the winter. We used to have, like, it was minus 60 in the winter. How the Sioux Indians survived out there Incredible. Is, is a complete mystery to me because Incredible. it was absolutely miserable. So anyways, we're re-roofing the house, and I'm hauling these shingles up on the thing. Now, I, I am about as, like, I, I'm two colors. I'm either white or I'm red because I'm sunburned. And so my back, my lower back where I was bending over, and we did this whole house. We didn't have nail guns. We were re-roofing the house. We were pounding the nails into the shingles. And my back was the color of, like, a Hershey chocolate bar because it was oh, so wow. tanned. So if I get cancer, it's going to be yes. in my lower back. So, and I remember thinking, hauling these shingles up on the roof, and I don't even know how hot it was, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting an education because this sucks. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's a big takeaway because you see all of us now, we're doing something very, very different with our lives than kind of what we started off with. And I think that's one of the most valuable educations you can get. I saw my grandfather, I saw my dad. But Josh, you haven't learned anything because you're still a professional fighter. <laughs> Man, that's a good point, touche. But, but, but I do that out of, out, of, out of fun, not out of necessity. Love for um, the game. Yeah, for love of the game, so yeah. to speak. But you know, working those really tough jobs and getting you know, getting that experience of hard manual labor day in, day out, it really gets you to thinking, hey, I wonder if there's other options. And hats off to everyone that sticks it through and continues to do that because they love it. You know, that's not to say they couldn't, you know, your buddy Buster couldn't be doing something else. But I think there are people that just, they enjoy, you know what I mean, doing something that most can't. Well, and, and you look at, you know, the background Jeff and I come from, you know, Jeff's again, his, his resume is as long as my arm in special forces. But you take guys like special forces guys or in special operations in the military cowboys and ranchers in, in in america are the same way in the sense that i really think and i'm not patting myself on the back i was mediocre at best as a special forces guy there was always 10 guys on the team that were That's, better that is complete bullshit that, that were better <laughs> than i was but you look at ranchers you look at people who ranchers farmers loggers railroad welders whatever it is you look at some of these jobs where people work but but that you know hard, what though Bert I mean it doesn't matter what they it's one of those points when people come up to me and they say thank you for my service and being in the military and it's some guy that's obviously blue collar he's got he's got you know calluses all over his hands and it's like man really dude that's uh, it yeah I'm 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 like please uh, I, I, for me I'm a little bit embarrassed cuz it was like well you know, yeah, I went over and I fought and I did it, but whatever. It's like I wasn't grinding it out every day, sun up to sundown for my entire life. And that's when you look at America and how America started from the get-go of just the hard work and the rigorous hours and the lifestyle and the dangerous jobs. <clears throat> I mean, think about every time I drive to the passes here or in Colorado and yeah. you see those railroads and the amount, oh of, the amount of people yeah. putting nitroglycerin and dynamite into holes and caves and, and highways. You drive on a highway Jeez, now in think, America. Think, think about this. like Think about this like the high-tension power lines. Say, Somebody put that crap in there. Yeah, it's well, in the middle of the desert. What, what a lot of people don't that's realize it. when they're driving down the freeway, why do we have freeways? Does anybody know why yeah, we have freeways? Yeah, because somebody got out there and took a pick and a shovel. Our, like, our, our president said we will have a route from east coast to the west coast the north to the south that we can move troops fast and 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 readily after the second world war so if you will look at the interstate system see but think about what you just said 
after the Second World yeah. War. So when did the interstate system go in? 1964 was when it was completed. That wasn't so, that long ago. No, no but the, really but the thing of it is, if, if when you're driving down the interstate system, if you'll look, Dwight Eisenhower said there will be every five miles there will be a stretch long enough to land an airplane on. So at that time, of course, the bombers were smaller. And But if you look as you go down the road and you think about that, from the East Coast to the West Coast, our interstate, interstate system will allow an aircraft and, to land on it. And think about the men. Think about the men. Any of you guys, so like, you, uh, is that Luke in Nebraska? So think about carving a freeway across Nebraska. Because any of you guys that have driven across Nebraska, I've driven across the United States several times, and I got to tell you, when I hit Nebraska and Kansas, I just kind of like, oh, geez, this is going to be horrible. Because it's the road that goes on forever. forever. It is. Well, now you stand about, on your tailgate now, and see Florida. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now think about building the railroad. Yeah. Oh, my. Even, take, even take, further back, because that was step by hand. Further, take it a step further at Oregon Trail. Uh. Take the frontier days of moving across that horseback or walking across the it. The Alcan Highway. Or... Or moving across mm. it. Every time I see a covered wagon, a, 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 an antique covered wagon somewhere, because they're all over up in Midway and Heber here where, where yeah. we live. Yeah. I just, it's like, man, can you imagine moving from Boston to California so or Nevada my, my, in, a covered, my, uh, in a covered wagon? My, my, and have some Indian stick an arrow in your yeah. water bottle. Well, that's what I was so going to say. Great, my great, great, let's see, so my... Not my grandfather, not his father. So my great-great-grandfather crossed the plains 21 times. Wow. Back and forth, leading, you know, so my dad, his family were some of the original settlers of Utah. So leading Mormons from Nebraska to Utah 21 times. Back and back forth. Back and forth. And yeah. think about it. These, every now and then, uh, probably every three or four months or so, somebody gets attacked by a mountain lion or a bear. And now people are capturing it. Like there was a guy that got attacked by a bear a yep. few months ago while he was out for a run. And he got back to his car and he live streamed his injuries. Did yeah. you see that We video? saw that. We yeah. posted it was, that. It, it, we shared we it. We posted yeah. that yeah. because it was, uh, so it was amazing. Now this guy's out for a run in a populated area with cars everywhere, people on ATVs and gets attacked by a bear. Imagine rolling through that thing 200 years ago. Where there were still wolves, everything and anything to include Native but, Americans. But yeah, another, it's like it was, you got attacked. Yeah, that's great. So but another I. thing you got to understand is a lot of these animals were not here then, because the the elk population was almost nil. Buffalo's population was large. Oh, but, so that's but, now that's an interesting it's an interesting point. Buffalo. So because there was less food. Yes. Yes. And I could go out today, actually, and see more, more cougar, mountain lion, more bear, than I did when I was a kid. We, I, I walked the woods my entire life. Oh, that's interesting. And so and it was, actually created a more dangerous environment. Well, and I think probably uh, there's more people, so there's more opportunities to. Sure. To meet yeah, those. That's a great point. Because the animals. I didn't think about that either. You yeah. know, I mean, you wouldn't. The animals and you were able to evade your right, evade you'd stay each apart. Other. Yeah. Well, so. and I think it was really interesting. Um, it, just the, talking about the pioneers. What are you laughing at? Can, can Ed come over and tell me a bedtime <laughs> story know, Ed, about Quint, America? Quint, he's Quint, the man. Quentin is uh, Quentin. Quentin's oh, a, oh, Quentin Havke. Yeah, Havke. He's, <laughs> hey, he's squared us with Quentin, her. you can listen to this podcast anytime you want to when you want to go to sleep. That's why we're doing it. Hey, bedtime and, stories and, with Ed. And, and Dave, if you ever actually get the gumption to come out and visit. You can actually meet Ed in so, person. So, and this is this is a perfect segue, and I'm not trying to kiss kiss Ed's butt here, but <laughs> Ed is 71 years old, and when you talk to Ed, I've I've gotten to know Ed really well in the last three months and work with him side by side every day. Ed's been successful and owns several companies. He's he's got houses in several places. He's got property all over America. He's 71 years old and good looking and, and good, handsome. A, yeah. a, a Real damn handsome. handsome man, but he could be doing anything he wants. And he shows up at his son's multi-million dollar, one of the most successful and fastest growing coffee companies in America. And the place was growing so fast that we needed a facilities maintenance person 
and Ed jumped in and took the job. Again, you talk about work ethic, and it, it yeah. is the epitome yeah, of it. Absolutely. And Ed's here burning it down every single every day. Every day. And everybody that comes in contact with him all day long walks away and goes, man, didn't know that. Just learned something from 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 dealing with Ed today. And what you guys some don't know is bad. we're building a complete T-shirt company based off of his one-liners. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got to pepper some Absolutely. in. We've been we've been monopolizing the mic here. We got to get Ed on so we can get so we get some some little Edisms that was we I, like I, to call them. I should I should we should have got some photos. Ed's texted me a few photos because I. I'm fascinated. Logging is the third thing that I wish I would have done in my life. I, I and it's not. Ed and I are going to start a logging company. I just need to make some more money so we can buy the equipment. <laughs> We're literally going to start a logging company. Just in go Idaho. randomly cut down yeah. trees. <laughs> but Ed's got pictures of of loading logs, and you start hearing stories about moving what 160,000 pounds of logs. Yeah, and in in, in the backcountry, we did we put on as many logs as we could get on, and if we happened to hit the highway, of course. It was illegal, so I had a ticket or two, and the waymaster, <laughs> the waymaster said, "said Now what are you going to do?" Well, I don't have a choice, because in those it was different than if you were overweight. Weight it didn't matter if you were ten pounds overweight, or or twenty thousand pounds overweight. The ticket was a hundred bucks. So I just pounds. I, I yeah. just told them hey, I'm going to go back and put on enough wood to pay for that <laughs> that hundred dollar ticket. Well, I got three tickets one day, and the waymaster said I'm going home. We I can't win here because you're just going to go back and put on more wood every <laughs> yep, trip. It never so, ends. It never, so he did. He, hey, he went can home. I? I want to I want to join in with your um, with your lumber company, and can we call it We've Got Wood? Yeah, please. We've got wood. Okay, yeah. I, I just want to be a part of that. I want to wear the shirt. Well, I got to meet a lot of company. lot of interesting people that were were much older than I was when I started logging, and and hardworking people. A lot of World War II veterans yeah. I worked with, and and my dad was was a a really a disciplinarian. And one thing I'll always accredit my dad for was, as he had me by the ear, dragging me out of bed one morning, he said, "I'm going to tell you something." that you should never ever forget if you go to bed tonight wanting to get up in the morning you'll never sleep in i don't believe i've ever slept in since that day say that and again huh. if say you go to bed at night wanting to get up in the morning you'll never sleep in and and i i fully believe my and my dad was a, a working guy he did wow. he did very little for pleasure he would we hunted for meat we cut our own wood Everything, everything went around work. He didn't go to. He never so, watched me so play what basketball. So, what was What was your dad's? I mean, tell us about your dad. I mean, dad, dad worked for the railroad, and we, our family came from Colorado. Uh, dad migrated from Oklahoma, Texas, to Colorado, and met my mother. What year was that? I don't know, Jeff. Uh, he. It was a while uh, ago. We're talking. My for, dad. My dad got. Nineteen hundred. Like yeah, my, well, my dad got on a on a freight train when he was eight years old, in in Ranger, Texas, and rode to Caldwell, Idaho. What? And what? Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> so yeah, wow. this is wow, whoa, <laughs> wow! Ed, so Ed, Ed needs his own podcast. I know. I'm hitting the, I'm hitting the rewind Ed, button. Yeah. Here. So, so he he got on a train what in Ranger, Texas. Well, why? Uh, I I never asked him why. I asked him why he got off. He said, "Because the railroad cops threw me off." So he was eight years old. So eight. Why, uh -huh. So he left eight years old, went to Idaho. Yes, Caldwell, Idaho. Ended up in Caldwell. Yeah. And then, and then, which Caldwell's nothing but farms. Well, there wasn't. I mean, back then there was probably, but there was nothing. Wasn't, and and so he he eventually. He worked around the farms there, and then he got back on the train and went back to Texas. And then his family actually went from Texas at moved, eight. At eight. At eight. <laughs> his family actually went back to Te Gene to Christmas. Wow. His family went to Oklahoma, and and were in Oklahoma for a while, and then they come back to Texas. In that process, Ranger Ranger Texas was actually called Valley Texas. In that process, they changed the name of of Valley Texas to Ranger Texas, because the Indians were so bad they had to call in the Texas Rangers, 
so they brought in a, 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 I don't know if it would be a unit or whatever there was 12 Texas Rangers come to Texas to protect the people from the Indians mostly Comancheros and and most of this stuff that dad told me which i wished i would have listened more of i felt was bullshit. <laughs> so about three years ago so, i so we're literally we're talking like late 1800s yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. this was yeah. wow yeah and you're not, uh, you talk about work ethic just looking at native americans or indians comanches would ride to attack somebody and they would stage horses at 50 and 100 miles out and they would literally run their horses till they died stop leave them get another set of horses but that's yeah. how talk well, about a harder group and work well, well my dad didn't know play he actually didn't know play and and I, I I think that's part of my problem and probably part of my problem with my female companions is I'm awake at three o'clock in the morning or three th if I go to bed at midnight I'm still awake at three thirty or four o'clock in the morning but you need to drink <laughs> <laughs> simple solution <laughs> but he taught me if nothing else how to work and with any luck at all I've passed that on to my children I, I'd say I would, that's pretty I obvious have, I would obvious. have to say so <laughs> considering your son I don't think he I think he gets an hour of sleep a night maybe if and he works 20 hours a day which um, is, and yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal, and that's one of the really nice things about being being in this building in general is you get you get some, you know, fine examples of good hard work ethic, and I think that's a great segue with Ed talking about his dad. I think Quentin asked a little bit lower down in the comments, you know, going around the table, who is the one person you would say inspired your our work ethic going around the table? So you would say your father. Um, let's kick it to Jeff, and, and where does yours come from, do you think? I, I think it was definitively my dad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, let me rephrase that. I think that was my dad and my mom. Oh, yeah. My dad, his, it, my, so my grandfather on my dad's side was an insurance salesman, so they were perceived as being better than most. My mom... Better off. Better off than most. But my mom actually, so as I'm sitting here kind of mulling it over in my head, I would say my dad, because my, my dad was the enforcer, but my mom and my dad were always a united front. Yep. But my mom came from literally a dirt poor family. So my grandmother on my mom's side was born and raised in a cabin with a dirt floor. And when she when she was growing up, like literally planting food and canning in time for winter was, was literally survival. Mm -hmm. So oh, for that them, was my mother also. Yeah, I mean, and so for my mom, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, you know, there's some interesting stuff with my mom. I mean, my mom's like 76 now, 76, 77 at this point. And so there's, there's literally some stuff there for her that, um, you know, if they didn't do it, they literally would Wouldn't starve survive. to death. Yeah. And so, so I think I got it from, but my dad was always the enforcer as well. Sure. And my dad, I think, you know, I don't know. I think it was a combination of both mm -hmm. uh, for them, for the for the work ethic, most certainly. Well, well, mom was always up early, and, and I, I think my mother was uh, actually probably one of the first hippies, if I can say that, because she you read... Say whatever you want, she, she read these, <laughs> the books about organic gardening and herbal gardening and that kind of thing. And, and if I have a softer side, which I sometimes think I do, she... She played. I, the I have yet to see that Ed, but <laughs> well, <laughs> she, she played the guitar, and and uh, uh, so she would sit on the porch. We had outdoor toilets. We never had inside plumbing, so she'd sit on the porch and and pick this guitar and sing at night, and and it was always a pleasure to to listen to that after Dad's coarse voice because we didn't have any choice with with Dad, and if Dad worked in camp then all of us kids knew that we didn't sass mother. I mean, because we knew what was coming if we did. Yeah. You know, yeah. mom never had uh, had to either lay any discipline on us because we knew we never, we never had any disrespect for females. We never swore in front of a female. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's amazing to this day. I don't swear in front of my parents. Yeah. I have like, a very like, hard time. Like my mom and my dad, like I, I don't, uh, <clears throat> you know, my dad's in his eighties and my mom's in her seventies. And to this day, I don't, I don't 
I, I, I don't swear in front of them. It's it's funny because me, like former Green Beret and all this other crap, but for you know, like my mom, who's this little old lady that's in her 70s, and I'm still very much like, mm-hmm. you know, she very much commands, and, and my dad too, commands the respect of, it's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, mom and dad said it. So yep. it's. So, Bert, what about you? Where did you where did you get yours from? Arguably, same thing. My dad. Yeah. My dad uh, started as a stock boy in at Sears, Sears in uh, in Seattle, and and worked. And there's a price to the, the amount of time he worked. He he worked. He never turned it off until mm-hmm. he was until probably five years ago. And he's he's 68 years old. Wow. But he never turned it off. So. He would work. He started as a stock boy at Sears and worked worked his way up over 25 years to be an executive vice president of a company called Western Auto, which, oddly enough, was bought out by Sears, uh, Sears and Roebuck. But, you know, my dad was that one thing he always instilled in us was working, and yeah. you know it was he. There was a price to that though. He came home at seven or eight o'clock, worked in downtown Kansas City, and we lived you know, about an hour south of that out in the sticks. So he would drive an hour to work, an hour home. Mm-hmm. He'd get home at 7 or 8 o'clock at night and never turn it off. It was always phone calls. He was the guy that if his boss called him in the middle of dinner, he took the call. Mm-hmm. And it was like that our whole childhood, which was it was good. Every now and then he'd take a break on the weekends. But, you know, I just, we just work, work, work. And it's it's hard for me. Somebody asked the question a little while ago about how does that compare to, to nowadays and specifically, and I won't get into politics, but you've seen the last 10 years or so a lot, you always see unemployment on the screen. And it's a hard thing on the news. Anytime you watch, you, you see unemployment, the, the unemployment percentage or the unemployment rate. And it's hard for me to fathom because I think if anybody in America in the last 40 years has had a problem getting a job, I think they've drawn a line in the sand somewhere of what they'll actually do for work. Sure, yeah. sure. And it's it's because there are opportunities. It's you, just tell me a time in the last 40 years you've driven by a fast food restaurant that didn't have a help wanted sign in the window. I well, mean, I mean, really, t- tell me. And again, Jeff, we're in the same boat. We own a couple companies and work. You know, we leave one job and go to the next job and go to the next job. And I'm not saying I'm any better or work harder than anybody else out there. I just enjoy it. Well, it, I think it's, I think it's a matter of embracing the American dream. Is is really is. But is, I don't think you do that consciously, is. Jeff. I think you do that unconsciously. I think I actually think that I don't wake up in the morning thinking, "Man, I got to go to work." I think I wake up in the morning ready to go to work. It's it's right. it's just geared up ready it's just to go. Part of the DNA. And, and I'm not going to go home until I think I'm finished or a place that I can go home. Yeah. I remember one time in, in Lewiston, Idaho, there's a guy with a couple of dogs sitting on the corner. Uh, we'll work for food or or homeless or broke or something needed help. So I went into the Albertsons and I cut the one ad section. And I'll remember this till I die. There was 57 jobs in Lewiston, Idaho at that time of the year. I just cut the one ad out of the paper and walked up there and handed it to him. Classic ad. Wow. He, he didn't want a job. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I said, I'll take it. Do you want, no. But, no. But the irony here is if you look at stuff that we were doing, you know, in our before lives to become entrepreneurs, it was a big step down in, in uh, time and, and pay. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but ultimately... You know, it, it was, I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but is an entrepreneur, so Rat's Tourniquet, which is one of my babies. I, I I wake up in the morning at 4.30 in the morning, go to the shop, crank out tourniquets until about 6 or something, maybe get a workout in, probably not, answer emails, they'd go work my regular job with Ready Man, and then I would come home, I'd kiss my boys, and then I'd go back to the shop, and I'd crank out tourniquets until it was time that it was like, okay, until... And then so when I'd, Robin starts yelling at you and, and says, I, you need to get your ass to bed. No, she'd actually never do that. She oh, was wow. very supportive. Good for her. And then I'd go back, answer more emails until about midnight or 1 a.m., go to bed, next morning wake up and do it all over again. I mean, for like literally held that pace for... I mean, better part of two years. Yeah, and we're Candace and I are in that we're in that phase right now where we're, we've just moved to hiring people for the first time and are going to be hiring people. But 
you, you if you have a full-time job and you own a company it is it is a lot of work you know my but, but i also caveat i'll also say in 2017 with the internet the way it is and the world the way oh my it's gosh, set up it's if you can't great. if you can't you could take a couple thousand dollars if you can't start a business right now in america on the internet and at least make your money back i just something's wrong i just spoke to a group of young entrepreneurs so high school students and i said you guys live in a time right now that is unprecedented because i and i brought i brought a bunch of stuff with me and i was like these are products that i purchased directly from the factory in china so say what you want to about a made in america and all that stuff we're talking about getting into the business itself i i had a variety of products good products that were made in the factory of china that i purchased directly from them and oh by the way and then i showed them the facebook stuff that i was using for marketing and i was like i can purchase directly i can market my stuff and with a little bit of extra push i can set up a store and i can send this stuff downstream to make sales and make money so you know i find that really interesting because you could arguably say that the american dream has never been more accessible or achievable absolutely than it is now in the year 2017 absolutely. and yet at the same time when we look at some some of our younger generations it seems like the least of a concern for what they want but, to do so it's you an interesting to, paradox you have to trade your in entertainment values yes for work values yeah. and it doesn't yeah. matter if it's 1910 or 2017 if you're going to play games on the internet or yeah. or facebook or whatever you do 10 or 12 hours a day then you don't have time unless you want to well you know it's it's like my dad once told me we were looking so my family my brother makes shelby cobras the two-seater race cars Beautiful and, car. and um yeah my dad once said he looked at the car and he said that car right there is worth x percent or x cents per pound of scrap after that it's emotion and so if you think about it you've got to be able to say you've got to check your ego at the door and say i think i'm worth x amount of dollars however the reality is you're only worth what the free market is willing to pay mm -hmm. right but the thing of it is too jeff is i don't think and I tried, I, I tried to instill this on my kids, and I think probably I did. Everything you do, it doesn't matter if you, if you sign your name to a book, if you write a book, or you, you build a race car, or you weld a frame on a log truck, that is your signature. You will be identified by that forever. Amen. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And a lot of people, I can, I can remember watching Evan fly fish. And I can't fly fish. I do not have the mental capacity to aerate the air with water. I want to catch a fish <laughs> and eat it. <laughs> and that's just by mental capacity. I mean, it's a form of art to do that. He's a tremendous fly fisherman. But I want to catch that fish. I don't want to whip the air which is why and i go straight to explosives there you go dynamite works yeah. great yeah. <laughs> works phenomenal exactly well, are, and, are, are and, you gonna and, fish or talk about it? <laughs> and i think you know kind of an underlying theme with with you guys owning running your own businesses as entrepreneurs you know there's and, and even the point that you were making where you know you're you're signing your name to the work i think an issue with a lot of folks is they're not passionate about what they do and they can't find any passion in what they're doing so you know your job is just a job and you look at it like this separate thing but if you're going to be an entrepreneur if you're going to be a successful business person your job is you and you are your job so when you wake up in your morning in the morning it's not oh i have to go to work it's i've got shit i have to do and you're yeah. hitting the ground running yeah. you know well, and that's too, too many distractions too many Distractions, I, but you got to use the distractions to help, to help amplify. Well, launch and and Tessa built a a curriculum for Lewis Clark Normal School, and and I have that today because because of her graphic designer abilities. Thinking my daughter did that, she put aside everything else to do that. And if if Bert's going to make Peacemaker Trading successful. 
he's going to put away everything else. Yeah. And that's going to consume I, him. I had, I had a yeah. good buddy once told me, he said, a business is like a newborn child. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and you've got to coddle it, and you've got to feed it, and you've got to clean it, and you've yeah. got to do all of this stuff. Because yeah. if you don't, it'll turn its face to the wall yeah. and die. But a job is the same way. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. If, it doesn't matter if you're flipping burgers. At, and I've told my kids this. I really don't care if you're if you're turning boogers at burgers at Wendy's boogers <laughs> at Wendy's or your or your rocket scientist whatever you do be a craftsman at what you do be yeah. proud of what you do yeah. if you make $2 an hour if you make $200 an hour be proud of what you do and be a craftsman at what you do yeah. I'd, I'd say your words were well, well received considering your your kiddos yeah. Okay, so do you want to hit up lightning round? Lightning round. Yeah, so Josh, we're gonna do something. Singh says I have no idea what the lightning yeah, round so is. Yeah, so this is this is a, a surprise to everyone but me and and Zach obviously because we discussed it beforehand. But what we're plotting. gonna yeah we've been plotting. So we're gonna put these guys on the spot. We're gonna do a lightning round, and we encourage you guys who are viewing and, and watching this live to type in your answer as well because we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So we're gonna give a bunch of questions and we're going to go around the table and you guys are going to pick and choose which out of which thing you prefer does that sound simple enough and so we'll sure. go yeah, so right, give us you know give us your thought give us your answer give us a quick thought and then we'll go to the next person okay right. so zach if you want to pull that up so the first thing we're going with and we'll start with jeff glock or 1911 go glock Glock, 1911. Oh, I'm also Glock. Yeah, Bert, Bert is pretty obvious here. He's got one sitting on the table. Okay, so odd man out, 1911. Why? Why? Uh, I, I grew up with 45 caliber. Glock was initiated way after my prime. Uh, I, I'm just a 1911 guy. I, I do own a Glock, but my preference in weapons is a 1911. It's more difficult to clean. It's more difficult, but it's it's like butter in my hands, I guess. They, I, they I, I have good. big hands. Browning and did a great job. Yeah. But he wasn't Glock. So. Yeah. Oh, burn. <laughs> All right. So so next one, shaken or stirred? Stirred. Stirred. Shaken. I'm shaken. Yeah. All right. We're on the side. And, and that's an obvious uh, James Bond reference there this is the savage gentleman obviously. i don't i don't shake my ice and my whiskey i just stir it well well, well no no and no, i we're not and i know about... and i know you are the same hang on so this... you're a liar but we're talking about <laughs> you're a liar. we're talking about martinis martinis here. this is martinis we're talking about martinis you don't ed you don't drink martinis i drink anything i actually do drink and most of the time we don't have ice we're not even stirring it yeah most time we don't have water. To be well, fair, exactly. To be fair, when we drink whiskey, it is just straight up whiskey. I mean, that's that's which is the only way to drink. Well, I don't put opinion. tea. I don't put cream in my coffee either. So well, we'll get there. I... You're getting ahead of the game. Okay. You're, oh, you're cheating. Sorry. You're cheating. Okay. You're cheating. Oh, All right. Know. So we'll I... move on to the next one. Jeff, Ford or Chevy? Ford. Ford. Ford, but I actually drive a Chevy, which is I, kind of funny. I, dri- I was going to say Ford, but I I grew up in a Ford house. Yep. All same. my dad still. All my dad will ever drive. Yep. But I do drive a Toyota Tundra because it was made in Texas. my brother makes Texas. Ford Chevy. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Ford guy. Ford what about Chevy you? Co- I'm a Ford Dodge Shelby guy. Co- Dodge. Odd man. What? Actually, that wasn't even I, on the I list. I drive a Dodge. I drive a Dodge minivan, but I drive a Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, my my whole goal in life is when I get in my vehicle is go from point A to point B. And I've heard several stories about Ford and Chevrolet that, 95% of them are still on the road today. <laughs> that doesn't deter the fact that the wrecker hasn't found them all. Oh, oh, oh boom. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. All right, next one. Jeff, blonde or brunette? Brunette. Brunette. I'm going to have to say brunette. Married a brunette, I'd be in a lot of trouble if I said anything different. Same here. Boy, that's tough. That's Uh-oh. really tough. See, Ed's in a position. Ed's, Ed's, Ed's really just going to say yes. Yes. Blonde. Yes. Okay. Blonde. I'm surprised. I was waiting for someone to, to mix it up and throw in redhead, but all right. Well, but you didn't ask that question. I know, but that's you're thinking outside the box, Ed. Thinking outside the box. Because that's the right. first thing I thought about. Is that where you're going? So, yeah. so we'll mark. So let's let it be known. Ed is marked down for redhead, just so we know. All right. Um, I already know the answer to this one, Jeff. AR or AK? AK. Of course. AK. I, I really struggle with the AK, so I have to go AR. I still you haven't fi- suck. You liar. I haven't figured out. Uh, it's, Bullshit. No. You've seen me shoot an AK. You've seen me shoot an AR. Which yeah, one am I better with? Yeah, you're way better with an AK. You think so? 
Yeah. Well, okay. Well, go. then. All right. I'm, I'm AK now because Jeff said so. I'm going to go with BAR 30-06 because those pea oh. shooters. Oh. Oh. Those pea shooters. Wow. Throw big rocks. Oh. Throw big yeah. rocks. Yeah. Big rocks. You, you are. You're a one And I'm not a real good shot, so the bigger the lead I'm throwing is the better chance. I like your logic. You hey, that works. That works. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So this one, actually, I, I pulled Ed. He he uh, came up with this one for us, so he's I'm sure he's got an opinion and an answer. But snap-on or craftsman tools? Craftsman. Craftsman. I grew up in a Sears house. Yep. Craftsman as well. You know my answer. I spent my life working on big, yellow, greasy stuff. And Snap-on is the only way to go. How? Snap-on is a higher quality, but Craftsman, like you break that thing, you take it back. Sears, no question asked. They Ooh. replace it. Well, Snap-on is the same thing. And, and the, the Snap-on legacy is they come to you. You don't go to them. That's uh, true. Well, they do. And it doesn't matter yeah, if you've true. got a broken socket or broken ratchet or a sore toe. They'll yeah. come there and, well, rub, and, that, and, and that, rub your belly a little. That does come in <laughs> handy, you know, when we were working on equipment, because we worked on all our own heavy equipment out in the field in the middle of nowhere. You can't take, you know, a 10-ton tractor necessarily well, right all, up to the shop. So not only that, snap-on flies a little better when you're throwing it. <laughs> oh, is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I'll, I haven't tested that out. We're going to, we should do that as a man hacks or a ready man experiment. All right. Uh, steel toe or no? No. No. I'm, I'm no as well. I tried it. Didn't like it. What, where are you at? Ed? No. No? No steel no. toe. No. What? Keep your toes away from stuff that's going to fall and cut them off. Pay attention situational awareness yeah know your operational environment yeah yeah i like that i like that be just just have a little I, bit up here you don't need them i wore steel tools toes at work and i hated them because the government obviously said you wear them and i hated them i just i don't think that they're necessary i mean you're, you're, got, you're talking to a dude who works out barefoot that's a good point so i'm swinging kettle 100 pound kettlebells with no shoes with no shoes on so you're asking me if I'm so here well, that's a that's we've got a we've psychological got two, problem at that point yeah <laughs> we've we've got two medical guys here so you know i've always heard and this is what my dad told me because i was like dad should we shouldn't we be wearing steel toe boots out here he's like hell no do you know how heavy this stuff is it's going to shear everything off as opposed to just maybe getting smashed. The steel toe, the steel part is going to come off and and just cut it right off. That's Anything an old wife's that? tale. Is that, yeah, is that false? That's an old wife's tale. I, okay. I think it's a bit yeah. of wife's tale. Is it? Tale. Okay, yeah. good to know. I'm glad we put because that Because you never, very rarely would you ever have a direct hit. Gotcha. It, good to know. And it would glance off your to uh, off of the steel toe. There we go. Well, but we're still, going, we're still unanimous on no steel toe. All right. All right. Yeah. Good deal. All right, and final one. Black or cream? Cream. Black. Black? Black. Oh, Jeff's the odd man out. That's strange. <laughs> that is odd. Well, Defend because yourself, I'm on sir. the keto diet, I'm always ah. trying to get my... No, ah. I just, you know... What's from, a keto diet? Oh, boy. Uh-oh. That's, 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 that's a whole other podcast. Oh, gentlemen, episode 2.5. Right. <laughs> you know, okay. I just, I like the taste of it. It adds a little bit there, of cream in there. If it's a good cup of coffee that's got the oils in it. Yeah. Chris, I, Chris Yates hit it. He said uh, Irish. Uh, yeah. Boom. Ooh, hey, boom. That's a winner. Hey, hey, that that, that, would, that yeah. would trump all. So who, said that? Down. who said that? Chris, Chris Yates. Chris, Chris hey, Irish. Yeah. You need to, Chris. You need to, uh, you need to absolutely email into info at readyman.com. Is that Irish and cream ask for or a Iro. Savage Gentleman T-shirt? Because no, that's oh, there you because go. I like where your head's at. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. nicely, nicely done. Yeah, was, I mean, if I'm being well honest, done. I'll actually do both. I, I do, I do the keto coffee. Everyone who's watched Ready What's Man. What's keto coffee? I'll, th we'll we'll talk after this, Ed, because it's okay. so it's, it's you get coffee. <laughs> no, I'm going to talk about. Okay, it right tell now. them about it. Tell this them is then. delicious. So you get coffee and you put butter in it, and then you whip that up, and then you put a little bit more cream in there, and then you drink it, and it's delicious. And you can also put coconut Jeff. I oil. know you to drink your whiskey straight. Why would you put stuff in your coffee? Because <laughs> it tastes good. Okay. Well, and there's a, there's a there's a there's a health there's you. a health benefit it's and nutritional side to it. And, and I don't care what thing. those guys out there that are near Sears are saying it's good for you so yeah. that's why yeah so, so it's you good for think you it, and it's good it would do it would be good for me I could uh yeah but if you die tomorrow of a heart attack it's not my fault no 
that's the way it's going to be, you know. <laughs> with any yeah. luck, hey, listen, with any luck, you guys will scatter. He's made, it, he's made it 71 years doing whatever the hell it's been he's doing. Let's just that's where everybody's like, keep oh, doing it. Yeah, shit, whoops, sorry that about that. Good, yeah, do you know, this place would go to hell in a handbasket if he was a croak on us. <laughs> I We'd know. Be in big trouble. No, we, this building would fall apart. If 100%. And, 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 and that's where I'd here. say stick with what you've been doing because <laughs> it's working. Yeah. Well, you guys spell Jim Rowe. Jim, J-I-M. Well, no, I always spelled it B-A-R. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, yeah. And well, actually, you were spelling it right because you come down to my office from time to time. and I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, actually, it's funny, and this will be kind of a parting thought, just, just a funny story on Ed, and we'll, we'll have to sign off here soon. But Ed always gets on me. Every time he sees me in the gym and I'm lifting weights, he yells at me for using the weights wrong. He, he said... They're round for a reason. Why would you lift them up when you can roll them? Roll them. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're Doesn't make any good sense. To yeah. Me. And, and I, maybe that's the secret. Maybe we've been doing this wrong. I lifted enough heavy stuff when I over worked on big yellow greasy equipment. There's lots of heavy stuff to lift, and I don't want to lift any heavy stuff anymore. I just want to roll it if it'll roll. That's why they had the wheel. It's a great point. That's a great. So. Work harder, not smarter. Advice from one of the original Savage gentlemen here. We're gonna we're indoctrinating Ed. He's kind of, you know, he's he's the grandfather of Black Rifle Coffee. He can be the grandfather of Savage gentlemen. I think. There you go. Might as well, right? Boom. Well, I'm proud to be the grandfather father of anybody here. Great team, great people to work around, and and makes me excited to come to work every day. I agree, except when I come in this morning at seven. 24 and ed every time ed sees me and i'm past seven o'clock in the oh. morning he just looks at me like this and i feel like i'm i've let i'm going to the principal's office i feel like i've, <laughs> I've I, he, he looks at his watch like oh nice of you to nice of you to make it to work today like ed it's 7 24 in the morning he's like what's wrong with you kids these days yeah most people are still sleeping you realize that most people's alarm <laughs> clocks haven't even gone off and ed's already probably toured this building Ten times, uh, maybe I like to, I like to be on the roof about five o'clock in the morning. I like that part. Sun coming up over the mountains. Sun coming up, and the pigeons never nice expect you at that time. No, they don't. You can sneak up on them. <laughs> <laughs> and besides, I got to fix the leaks. There you go. That's a great point. Hey everybody, this has been the inaugural Savage Gentleman podcast. Thanks so much, live podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We had Bert, we have Ed, and of course Josh. We're gonna keep doing these every Monday talking about whatever subjects you guys want to hear about so send in your thoughts and your ideas josh i would just thoughts. i would just say you know those of you guys who like this share this with any savage gentlemen or gentle women out there that might enjoy this head check out our savage gentlemen facebook page as well give that a like we're growing that we're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline we've got a couple great guests here hopefully we'll bring them back on the show at a later Anytime. date Bert, thanks for having yeah, us Bert, parting Anytime. shots no, thanks for having me this again. Like Ed said, this is a, a phenomenal and incredible group of people here and, and always an honor to be on the show or to be around you guys. Anytime you want me to come on, I'm here. And thanks to the Ready Man Network guys and the Ready Man Ready Man folks as well as thank, Savage thank Gentlemen. Zach, really. No, don't thank Zach. Don't thank and, him. And I'll thank Zach. Said. Zach's never on camera. Zach, come out here. Uh-oh. Come on, Zach. Zach come out here. Zach, come on. Oh. Come on. Zach, Zach, hurry up. Get out here. So I always watch you. Ready Man stuff, and Zach never, ever comes on You'll the You'll have camera. to come behind me to get on camera. He doesn't understand how cameras work. Zach, you always ask your belly. Remember Super Dave Osborne from The Letterman Show? Yeah, that's exactly He's Thanks for having me on, though, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey, Cody. I appreciate it. Cody, we're gonna get up on that stuff, so don't worry about that. We're brand new. We're just building the. Uh, we're just. We're just building the. Um, Cody, yeah. If you wanted, actually, the first one we did. Sorry, he's asking about the podcast. Yeah. It's up on SoundCloud. So look up Savage Gentleman on SoundCloud. You can listen to it there. We're gonna start spreading it out to other platforms to include ReadyManTV.com. But right now, um, our first one is up on SoundCloud. This one will be up very soon after that. Ed. Yes, you got the last words. Great time, great interview with everybody, and it's a great place to be. It's, it's a phenomenal place to be. Sometimes I got to leave just to to retrain my thought, but never work for nicer people with nicer people. It's a great place to be. There you have it. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you tune in.